If you're a cannabis business owner looking to expand into new markets and need guidance and support you can trust, consider Collateral Base, a group that has done it before in multiple merit-based and limited market states. Collateral Base was founded by an experienced cannabis attorney with highly educated consultants with master's degrees and years of experience in the cannabis industry. The Collateral Base team is confident they know cannabis licensing better than any of their peers. And I encourage you to see for yourself. It just takes one phone call. If you're ready to expand your cannabis business into new limited markets, contact Collateral Base today at 309-306-1095. That's 309-306-1095. Or visit collateralbase.com. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's hot time. We had a hot time. Together. Together. Yes, it's a hot time. We had a hot time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and cannabis lifestyle guide. If you follow the podcast, you know cannabis is my co pilot, and my cannabis infused meditation is my most important meeting of the day. I invited fellow writer and medical cannabis user, Carrie Connor, to join me on the podcast to discuss the ins and outs and misconceptions of meditation. Carrie shares her story of opioid addiction and the discovery of acupuncture and cannabis-infused meditation to heal her mind, body, and soul, which inspired her then to write Wake, Bake, and Meditate. Take your spiritual practice to a higher level with cannabis. But first, a word from our sponsor, MJ Relief, the muscle rub PhD formulated for what aches and pains you. This week, we'll hear Angela's story of relief. I've been using MJ muscle rub now for, I don't know, maybe about six months. And man, what a lifesaver. I am 55 in my birth certificate and I'm 35 in my head. So I still love to run and hike and, you know, just continue to work out like crazy, but I get a little bit more aches and pains than I used to. And I just use the the muscle rub, especially at night, right before I go to bed. And oh, I feel like a new person the next day that can go out and go for another run. So thanks for keeping me up and at them and Letting my body match what my mind thinks it can do. If you're feeling Angela's pain and want some muscle and joint relief of your own, head over to mjskinrelief.com and order a tube for you and another one for a hardworking woman in your life. That's mjskinrelief.com. And if you're already a fan of MJ Relief, please send a video or voice memo and let me share your story of relief on the podcast. Social butterflies find at MJ Skin Relief on social. The sustainability roll up is presented by OCB Rolling Papers. In perfect harmony with natural sustainable practices, 
It's always been the OCB signature to provide the highest quality, responsibly sourced, and sustainably crafted rolling papers. Soil is the foundation of most types of agriculture. And as a country girl who grew up around monocropped farms, I'm all about educating farmers on better alternatives. It's a careless agricultural practice to grow the same crop on the same plot of land year after year, making it less productive over time. Soil degradation threatens the productivity and overall health of our food crops, which in turn affects our diet and our overall health. In the U.S., industrial farming practices often include the rotation of soybeans and corn. Technically, because two crops are in rotation, this doesn't get classified as a, quote, monoculture. However, this simple form of crop rotation does not provide the same benefit to the soil as do complex systems, in which three or more crops are rotated over a period of one year or longer. When crops are grown in complex rotation, yields go up by as much as 10% in a non-drought year. Monocropping, or even the simple two-crop rotation, causes a cascade of problems, necessitating not only the use of synthetic fertilizers, because the soil has become depleted, but also the use of pesticides to control pests like soil fungi, insects, and other agricultural nuisances. Fields that include a diversity of crops, which is called a polyculture, are less attractive to insect predators because all of those different crops, they've got each other's back. They protect each other. It's like the entourage effect of the garden. Soil scientists have also discovered that monocropping alters the microbial landscape of soil, decreasing beneficial microbes and causing poor plant growth over time. It is possible to create and maintain healthy soil structure, rich in nutrients in sustainable agricultural systems, without the use of synthetic fertilizers or pesticides. Sustainable farmers use various techniques, including crop rotation, the use of compost, cover cropping and mulching, no-till or low-till techniques, zero pesticide use, and sustainable pest management techniques, such as using buffer zones and beneficial insects, adding animals on pasture or animal manure to farm systems and crop rotation. So what can you do as a consumer? Support farmers working to build healthy soils by shopping locally and buying organic products when you can. It just makes sense that monocropping is a bad idea. Imagine if you had to do or eat or say the same thing over and over and over again, year after year after year. I'd lose my shit, just like the soil does. Variety, my friend, will always be the spice of life. That's one of the reasons why I love my OCB rolling papers. OCB offers a full line of papers made with sustainable fibers, including flax, wood, organic hemp, and virgin natural wood fibers. And last year, OCB rolled out America's first ultra-thin, slow-burning bamboo rolling paper. The 100% French-milled bamboo is unbleached and harvested responsibly. 
OCB rolling papers are chlorine-free, dye-free, bleach-free, GMO-free, and vegan. You'll love OCB even more because they make no-tear, even-burning rolling papers with natural, always-sticks acacia gum, grown in African fields that OCB has been reforesting for decades. Of course, you must be 21 and older to buy OCB rolling papers and to follow the natural wonders of OCB on social. They're at OCB underscore USA. I've loved the OCB cones, but I've put them on the shelf as I master the classic art of hand rolling my joints. And I can vouch for that no-tear, even-burning thing, because even when I roll a crappy joint, it still burns nice and smooth like I know what I'm doing. Now, if you're a grown-up joint-rolling novice, I invite you to learn the craft alongside me. Catch the Roll With Me video series lighting up on the Casually Baked YouTube channel. You'll also find them on IGTV and now the WeedTube. But subscribe to Casually Baked on YouTube for the live streams. If you haven't bought your rolling supplies yet, good news, there's still time. Visit ocbusa.com backslash baked to get four booklets of OCB and a rolling tray for only $4.99. This bundle is worth 20 bucks and is around for a limited time. But the rolling skills and street cred you'll earn makes this bundle priceless. As for you OGs who can roll a joint blindfolded, I challenge you to sample the entire line of OCB products and let me know your favorite. Ask for OCB wherever you buy your papers. You'll find links to the OCB special offer as well as an interest form for joining me on an episode of Roll With Me in the podcast 188 show notes at casuallybaked.com. I keep my harmony on high with OCB and my morning cannabis-infused meditation. If you're a meditation newbie, this podcast is for you. It's also for anyone looking for some peace in an overstimulated world. And if you're an athlete or entrepreneur, tune in, my friend. It's time to give yourself the mother of all breaks and settle in for a look at medicated meditation. It's time to get casually baked. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar kind. I got the West Coast smoke, but I better just we're live in the Casually Baked studio with Carrie Connor. She is a longtime author, and um, I recently got my pause on her book, Wake, Bake, and Meditate. And let me tell you, when I reached out to her, I was like, uh, hello, Carrie, you wrote about my lifestyle. <laughs> so, Carrie, I'm excited to have you here today to help people who are total newbies in meditation, or they're newbies in adding cannabis to their meditation. So, you know, we all know practice makes perfect, and meditation, practicing it daily over the last 10 or so years, I really do think has made me a better person. What about you, Carrie? Meditation has helped me probably get over the biggest hurdles in life. It helps me to quit smoking which nothing else did. I love it. <laughs> I, just, I just love it. It's, it's a break from your life without taking a break from your life. 
and it helps you. I mean, you can, it depends on what your intention is, but there's so many different things that you can do with it. So yeah, I really enjoy meditation. Absolutely. You know, you talked about learning to quit smoking. This is unlearning a bad habit, perhaps, um, you know, getting over fears, helping quiet, organize, calm your mind. And, you know, just for instance, this morning, I was not able to start my day with my wake, bake, meditate and move energy series because I was out late last night. I was traveling back home and then I've got a couple of shows to do today. And I'm like, my meditation needs to wait till the afternoon. And I tell you what, like the meditation in the morning piece, like that timing of starting your day with the meditation, that's where it's at. Like I do feel a little scattered. I really hope I'm not screwing anything up on the audio of this. Oh, I mean, seriously. And so, yeah, I think, you know, let's start with, you know, what are the basics to if you're going to start adding a meditation practice. To get started with meditation, I think the most important thing to do is really to have an area set up that is special for it. Uh, a lot of people, when they go to meditate, they, they, they say, I, I just can't get into the mood. You have to set the mood. And to set the mood, you can use music, you can use lighting, I have a room downstairs where I have a, a sauna, but it's also my meditation room. And I have different meditation pillows. I have different meditation chairs. I have a zero gravity chair because I have a lot of ailments. So I need different ways to sit at different times to be able to do my meditation. So if you're not comfortable physically, if you're not in an area that you find to be relaxing, those are things that can work against you. So people always say meditation is emptying your mind, and it is not emptying your mind. It's the opposite. It is focusing your mind on a certain intention. And sometimes that intention might just be to let whatever comes to mind come to mind. Other times it might be something very specific. And when other things pop into your mind, you just like, oh, hi, this is like, bye. And you mm -hmm. send it away. It's not about emptying your mind at all. That's not what meditation is. So I a lot like, of people who are scared, yeah, they're scared of it because, well, I, I don't know how to do that. Yes, you do. You do. You do it all the time and you just don't realize it. Yes, and a great correlation when you were saying that about setting the mood. It's just like setting the mood for a hot date. Like yeah. you're not going to invite somebody over and like have full lights on and no music and, just... and garbage and pizza boxes and old beer cans laying around. That doesn't, that, no, that's not that sexy. That's not going to no. get you in the mood. Dirty socks on the floor. Uh-uh. No. And you, you know, and that's, so in the, whenever I'm meditating, I do have a specific place that I sit. I have my lighting set a certain way. I microdose before I meditate. You know, sometimes I'll take a full-on hit if I want to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just for my regular daily meditation, you know, I just take a couple of puffs and it feels very comfortable And because I'm going and doing it in the same space every day. And so mm -hmm. it becomes a routine that my body and my mind are very yes. familiar with and it's easy to pop into that meditative state. And then when you don't do it, that one day you feel Yes. Off. Yeah. Yes. I mean, as soon as we hang up, I was um, telling my assistant Shelby, 
I need to meditate as soon as I hang up with Carrie. She's going to inspire me to just like jump right in that way because I got to get out and then I got Joe Dolce I'm talking to next. So yeah, it's such a valuable tool. And you know, there are... Hey, music lovers. The Canna Mom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Canna Mom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at LampkinGuitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com. A bunch of misconceptions about meditation. You talked about the emptying your mind thing. You know, one of the things that I do and I don't know if you do or you think it's helpful, but I keep a notepad by me. And if there's something that keeps popping up, I just write it down so I can let it go. That's where I get ideas for writing. (laughs) So yeah, I I have my handy dandy notepad (laughs) goes next to my bed every night. Yeah. Yes, I do that a lot of times, wherever I am. Meditation, (laughs) yes, cannabis-infused meditation and cannabis-infused showers are where I have all of my important board meetings. (laughs) Yes, I do the hot tub. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, you know what, you were, when we first talked, you were talking about floating and doing your meditation. Tell me a little bit about that. That is the best thing ever. Um, and I got a bigger hot tub than I used to have, so it's even better because I can really float and not hit the sides. <laughs> but you just, it's like a different world. It is literally just like going to another world because you are so at one with everything else. And yes, it's still our world, but you're seeing it from a different point of view. That's a lot to me about what meditation is about. It gives you a different point of view on things, particularly when you add cannabis to the mix. It helps you bring down walls. It helps you see things in a different way. And it, it's life-changing. It is life-changing the way that you, when you can see things in a different way than what you've always looked at them before, you get that, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it suddenly clicks. It just suddenly clicks. And meditation and cannabis has really helped me in different areas to do that. Yeah. You know, back in the day before they became so mainstream, I was introduced to the deprivation tank and I did a a cannabis infused float experience in one of those. And it's it's insane because, you know, there's so much salt in the water that you just you bob on top of the water It's completely black in this space. You have no sense of direction. And 
there is literally no pressure on any of your joints. The water is the temperature of your body. All of your senses are deprived. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, it's but like it heightens them at the same time yes. because they're trying to find something, and when they can't find anything in the physical realm, I believe they are able to reach out to the spiritual realm and latch on to things there instead. Yeah. The, that, that's, I'm going with that. That's Well, good. yeah, I mean, because I'm like, as I'm explaining it, I'm like, this sounds weird. It's like you're, you're totally deprived, but you're totally heightened and alert. and Exactly. And, and that's what's weird is it that it's a paradox. Yeah. Just a paradox. But it, it it's amazing. I hope I could do one of those tanks. I'm claustrophobic, but I mean, you don't know. Now they look like you're getting on a spaceship and they're wide enough that like if your arms are spread all the way out, you... You'll barely maybe touch the side either way. You can even now press a button and stars look like they light up on the ceiling of it. That would be so cool. Yeah. <laughs> There's all kinds of fun stuff that you can do now. When I'm I, totally high, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> when I first did it, I was it was back when I still lived in Austin and I found these people. It was a group on. And I go to this place and it's somebody's house. And they let me in and they take me upstairs to a guest bedroom. <laughs> and this thing, it looks like, you know, the hatch when that was when Lost was on TV. And those yes, people, yes. they like open the hatch and go down the stairs. That's what I was doing. And I'm like, I am locking myself in a strange house. Like, is this actually a good idea? I need to text my friends, let them know where I'm at really quick. Yes. That was before I think our cell phones tracked every fucking breath we take, but yeah. It's funny though. <laughs> so let's talk then about when you put yourself in the right set and setting and you have everything the way you want it, it opens you up to having what is called a peak experience. Will you describe that yes. for us? A peak experience is... <sighs> Sometimes they, they can be hard to achieve. I know a lot of people have said they've, they've never been able to do it. The first time I did it, it was quite by accident. Uh, but when you hit a peak experience, you really cannot tell. It's like being in the, the tank. Everything else disappears. Everything around you disappears, and you truly feel you are at one with the universe. I know that I have had peak experiences out in the hot tub. And neither my husband or my kid has come out and talked to me while I'm in there. And I've had no idea. No idea whatsoever that they came out there. And they'll say, like, well, I came out and told you. Well, if I was in the hot tub, didn't register at all. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it is very much like what you said in, in, the, in the isolation tank. It's kind of the same thing where you, you feel like you're floating when I do it, I have almost like that galaxy effect. Um, I see a lot of purples and blues, not really stars so much, but I do see almost like they're almost like a spiritual energy wave, I guess you could call it. So I don't I see just black, mm -hmm. but I don't see the trees that are in my backyard either. When I'm meditating, I, I keep my eyes closed. And so, you know, whatever I'm seeing on the backs of my eyelids. But for me, a lot of it is the the energetic wave of my body like I will feel my body just like I am spiraling sometimes yes. sometimes it's your body just starts moving on its own did 
Do you remember that TV show, Sliders? I didn't watch it, but I'm familiar. Yeah, They had those, the wormhole, where they would go through the wormhole. And I've had similar experience to that. It's like that spiraling thing. It reminds me of like just traveling through the wormhole to another dimension. Mm-hmm. And people, you say this to people like, you crazy. Yes. Yeah, you think so at first. You really think so at first. And then you start realizing and you start reading and, and to find out that, yeah, people have been doing this for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. And and that was their spiritual practices because it was how they talked to their gods. Yeah. And we can still do that today. Yeah. We just for, have to learn how. It's like this spiritual umbilical cord, if you will. And for someone like me, I'm a conscious creator. And, you know, we're living in a completely overstimulated world right now. And as crazy as people might think we sound, <laughs> I feel crazy if I don't do it. Yes, very much so. And I, I did you fight that feeling for years? Because I did. Well, I mean, I grew up in a household where being right was a badge of honor. Being right mm-hmm. was the most important thing. And so it took me forever to stop being the girl that was like, I know, I know, I know. I still know it all, but I try not to know it all as much. So fucking annoying. I, 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 my whole family has always told me my entire life that I was the most intelligent person in the family. And they're right. I don't, I don't want to sound cocky, (laughs) but they're right. I mean, I'm the kid who would score 99th percentile across the boards and all of their, their testing. The, the military wanted to recruit me because ASVAB's 99th percentile across the board, graduated, you know, school with honors, all colleges with honors. I'm smart and I know it. But then when I tell my family things like, you would not believe how awesome weed is, they tell me I'm crazy. I'm like, wait, you've been telling me for 50 years I'm the smartest one in the family. So if I'm telling you and I'm the smartest one... <laughs> Why am I the one that's crazy and y'all just ain't listening? Right. Totally. Yeah. And if you can get people to like just evaluate you as a cannabis consumer. So it's like, okay, now that you know I consume cannabis and you think it's not necessarily the best thing for my medical needs, which I want to talk about that in a little bit about kind of how you bring all this together with what's all been going on with your health. But when you can... Tell somebody like, yeah, I'm living this lifestyle out loud, you know, hide and watch is what we would say back home. And so letting them just see you living that life, you know, walking the walk, people will find out very quickly that a cannabis for wellness lifestyle is real. I'm not your typical stoner, according to people. I'm like, well, first of all, yeah, I started with medical and we have a lot of people in this country that are on medical marijuana and they don't. They're just a lot of them have never done it before, which that amazes me is how many people start off with medical and had never used cannabis at all before. And knowing that was part of the reason why I wrote the book, because I used to go to classes at my dispensaries and listen to people who had never had it. And they're scared. They are scared because people my age, we were brought up with horror stories. And these are people my age and older that I see that are like, well, I want to try it, but isn't it going to kill me? Yeah. I mean, seriously, we all have like PTSD from the D.A.R.E. program. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
everything was going to kill us. Everything was going to kill us. Well, and now the things that they half the time say are going to save us, or I think are going to kill us. Are the stuff that are going to kill us. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your use of medical cannabis and how you onboarded into this lifestyle. I always think it's important to showcase people in the industry that are doing things and where they came from and what that motivation is. Uh, In my, my early life, yes, I snuck it when I wasn't supposed to, not much occasionally. But when I was in my early 40s, uh, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I kind of always figured I was going to get breast cancer because the way it runs in my family, I just didn't expect to get it that early. So that was pretty young. And I had also already had gone through 13 years of being on opioids. So pretty much my entire 30s, I was on all kinds of opiates. And when I say all kinds, I mean, I was on a fentanyl patch of 100 milligrams. I took Oxycontin. I took Oxycodone. Mm-hmm. I took Tramadol. I took Gabapentin. Um, there was a stuff called Penta that my doctor had me get from France. All kinds of stuff. And this was all coming through my uh, rheumatologist. And Nothing worked for my pain. I have arthritis. I have ankylosing spondylitis. I have rheumatoid arthritis. I have fibromyalgia. I am a carrier for lupus, but I do not have lupus. I don't even know and what I some have- of those things are that you said, FYI. And you, I, I it <laughs> sounds like. cause pain in your joints. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and your nerves. Pretty much all of them are joint or nerve pain related. Okay. And none of the stuff they gave me worked. And I was so doped. It was crazy. My son at the time was working a job at like 5 a.m. in the morning and he wasn't driving. So I would drive him and he'd have to nudge me to keep me awake. It was terrible because these meds ruined my life. I don't remember most of my 30s because of these meds. And this was before there was opioid crisis. We can't, you know, stop all this. And people were still taking it like mad and nobody knew that this was supposedly a big problem. And I got sick of it. And I said, this stuff doesn't work. I want to try something else. And you know what I did? I got a Groupon. <laughs> I got a Who Groupon. Who Groupon was going to get, get so much uh, airtime today? <laughs> I got a Groupon for acupuncture. <laughs> and this was like a decade ago now. And it worked. Within three visits, she got rid of the hot flashes I had had for seven years. Within a few months, the pain started going away. And three months into acupuncture, I took myself off all of my medication, which you're not supposed to do that. Don't do that. But I was mad at my doctor and I didn't know any better at the time. (laughs) So I stopped taking everything cold turkey and I was really sick for a few weeks and I thought I had the flu and it wasn't. It wasn't until years later. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I was addicted. I had no idea. You thought you had the flu instead of withdrawals? (laughs) Yes. I thought I I had I had no clue because we still weren't talking about the opioid crisis. Opioid crisis for sure. Thank you. And so I went through all of this and then I went back to my rheumatologist and I looked him straight in the face and I said, you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he looked at me and goes, what? And I said, I came back here just to tell you you're fired. 
You kept me doped up for years. It never did me any good. I started going to acupuncture. I took myself off all the meds and I feel great. Nice. And he said, well, good for you. <laughs> never seen the man again. <laughs> but then I got cancer and with cancer comes pain and with pain comes the need for pain relief. And by this time, we knew there was a problem. So when the doctors did want to give me a prescription, it's not like they were going to even give me very much. And it's kind of weird when they say, okay, this is supposed to last you for the next two weeks. Take three pills a day. And they give you 10 pills. Well, what does that even mean? Are they terrible at math? How did you become a doctor? Yeah. Well, what that's because now this whole thing broke out and they had started arresting doctors for over prescribing. So now they've gone and gone the complete opposite. And instead of just passing them out, they're just like, okay, you can have a few. Well, I didn't even want them because yeah. I knew they didn't work. So had I you already, kid, had you already started trying cannabis at this point or no? I, I had used it, but I was not using it for pain relief. Got it. So I said to my kid, because he worked in a restaurant, bring me home some weed. Because I know anybody who works in a restaurant can tell you how to get weed. It's <laughs> That's just all there is. You work in a restaurant, you know somebody that's right. who can get you weed. These are it's hard true. facts. Hard facts. It is hard <laughs> facts. And so I told my kid, go get your mama some weed. <laughs> and like a good boy, he did. <laughs> and I had friends that had been telling me, you know, you got to try it for try it for this, try it for this. And I was nervous about doing it. I was scared that, okay, I'm going to do too much. I'm not going to do enough. Okay. I didn't know what I was doing. So the first thing I figured out was find somebody who knows what they're doing. That's a novel idea. Yeah, it really is because people don't do that anymore. We do not believe in experience. We don't believe in expertise anymore. We've just shown that. Well, yes, people people give their power away. People look to somebody else to tell them, what do I do? How do I do this? Instead of reclaiming our sovereignty and listening to our bodies. And that's where the meditation piece Uh, is so important because anytime I'm not feeling great, like in the mornings when, you know, as I'm starting my meditation, start with a body scan. And it's very much like every day. That is the first thing I do before I even open my eyes. I have to with my body because I, if I don't, I can go to get out of bed and I will dislocate my hip. I've done that. <laughs> Yikes. I, I threw up three vertebrae picking up an acorn off the ground. So. <laughs> yes, Carrie? this is the kind of pain I dealt with. And you should see what my kids do now when they see an acorn. It's kind of ridiculous because they were all with me when I picked up the acorn and did that. So I had a lot of pain. So trust me, I know about pain. But I, I, I had um, several friends who had their medical cards in Illinois, where I live, and I started smoking it for pain, and I could not believe how well it worked. And then I got really happy because it worked. And then I got really ticked because it worked. And this has been kept from me for years. Yeah. And I'm like, Wait, this is crazy. You just went up this that is... vibrational scale of emotions. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> like how 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 are we keeping this away from people? And we were telling them to take this other stuff, and it's it's awful. It all comes down to money to begin with. But I I was amazed, and so whenever I throw myself into something, I throw myself into it. So I started reading all kinds of books, everything I could get my hands on. I started reading and I started learning more and I started taking classes. And I know now, as crazy as it probably sounds to most of the people in my life, except a few, this is why I'm here. This is why I'm here. You mean your purpose? My purpose in life is to help other people take their power back, not just when it comes to things like cannabis and treating themselves, but just spiritually. I like to consider myself a spiritual hostess. I will not tell you your path, but I will help you find it. I like that. I like that. And one of the things as I'm, you know, reading through your book, Wake, Bake, and Meditate, there was a point and I wrote down, and I don't know if it's something that you wrote in the book or what it sparked, but the fact that we need to reclaim our skills of relaxation and focus and intention and that cannabis is the catalyst that can do that. Yes. I I, I think when this pandem- the, the, the pandemic first started. Pandemic actually, is fine with me too. Yeah, pandem- that's what we call it. So <laughs> it slips. Before it even started, it was, it was August of 2019. <laughs> I was sitting out on my deck with a friend and I was setting up all of these book signings and we were coming up with all these great ideas. We were going to have this incredibly huge launch party that involved having a vendor show. We were going to rent out the movie theater and play up in smoke. There was a coffee shop that was involved and we were going to have the actual book signing there. We're going to do all this great stuff. And I said to her in August, 2019 I'm having so much planning all of this stuff that I'm not going to stop but none of it's ever going to happen and she said why would you say that and I said because the world's going to end before May 1st so I don't have to worry about any of this happening things are going to be so different by then none of this is really going to happen and she thought I was nuts So pause. Did you have an intuition about it? Where did that come from? Or did that just pop out of your mouth? That, <laughs> at that point, it just kind of popped out of my mouth. But the very next peak experience I had after that was very different. And it was weird because I had several image flashes and I knew everything was going to be okay. I didn't know what any of this stuff meant when I first saw all these flashes. Were your but flashes just lot. of people's eyeballs? <laughs> no, okay. This is this is so weird. You're, you're going to be like, no way. But I have evidence from other people that could back me up. So I was in my bedroom and I every night before I, I go to bed, I dance. This is how I get my, my exercise and my steps. I dance. And I was dancing in my bedroom. And I went and turned and I was looking out the window and I realized that what I was seeing out the window was not what's out my window. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's double windows. So I looked over at the other one and that was like normal. This one was not normal. And 
it, it was almost like flashes from a bunch of movie clips put together. Did I see people in masks? Yeah, I saw myself in a mask with a little green wagon walking down the road singing <laughs> this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine and i am just singing this at the top of my lungs walking down the road to go and get toilet paper <laughs> from the national guard at the end of the road seriously this was in it and i'm like yeah, I thought I'd just smoke some really good stuff. But that was in it. There was a view of a mass explosion, a mass, mass explosion. And the view I saw was like out over water. And then you'd see this city and there was this great, big, huge explosion. I feel like one of my friends is describing the dream they had last night. And I'm like, I am not. What are you talking about? It was yeah. Beirut. It was the images of when that, what was it, fertilizer blew up in, in Beirut plant. and took out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there were a whole lot of different things that I saw happen. The only thing that has not happened is I have not taken the little green cart that my husband did turn around and buy that I didn't know he was buying. After that, he went out and bought this little green cart. So I now even have the green cart that I did not have before. That is the only thing in these flashes that did not happen. Interesting. I saw that one of my friends was going to lose his father. He lost his father. And this is all in uh, one sitting? Yes. I mean, it was just, it was a flash, fast. a flash. It was this just, I mean, I, I doubt it was even two minutes long, but there's like all this weird stuff happened. And when the pandemic first started, I told people I have this terrible feeling we were going to lose 2 million Americans. And they thought I was crazy. It's not over. Yeah, I don't toot the fear horn. I don't give that a lot of space on my show. Yeah, but I just, there was like a whole lot of weird things that started coming yeah. true. Yeah. And let's bring it back to, let's bring it back around to the meditation. Cause I want to help people who I have some notes here in the comments, people saying that they haven't mm -hmm. tried meditation in the past. So for us to just breeze through like somebody doing a, a proper setup, like the tools that they need for meditation. And I wrote down the highlights from your book and I want to just run through them real quick so okay. people have them in their mind and then we can talk about them. But the first is making sure you have a journal, some sort of notepad, making sure that you are using that to set an intention for mm -hmm. your meditation, for this moment of silence and space you're giving yourself, the set and setting piece, and then the dosing of the cannabis. And I think, you know, all of those other things are, are pretty self-explanatory. I'd like to um, dive in a little bit deeper on the dosing yourself part. So what was some of the advice you Dose gave in the book? Dosing is, it's going to be different for everybody. And that is what people really need to understand is it is always going to be trial and error. It's even going to vary some with strains. If you know what your THC level is, that helps so much. I, I can't imagine what it's like when you don't know anymore because, you know, you go into a dispensary and you buy something, you know exactly what you're dealing with, which is so much nicer than, Ooh, let me try this and see. 
I get that with the homegrown and it's not the best thing. <laughs> right. And that's why but, we all need to keep fighting for legalization in our own states. So oh, we yes. have the ability to know exactly what we're taking. Exactly. I mean, it, that, it makes a big difference. You have to start slow and low. If you start smoking and your meditation isn't working, try more. It, you need to find the area that feels comfortable for you. For me, it's like if I have the intention of hitting a peak experience, I know how much I have to smoke. I know it's a lot. I know that I get there a lot better with a vape. And I know that chances are I will get sick hmm. before I hit peak experience. What is What is That's getting sick me. to you mean? What does yeah, that mean? Gonna, I, I'll, I'll hurl. Okay. Well, and so in in the world of energy, throwing up or yawning, these are ways Mm -hmm. that we're moving energy or, you know, taking a massive shit. Like (laughs) this is moving energy. It is. And it's, I, yes, I will always have a lot of phlegm to be honest is, and it's every time, every time I hit a peak experience, I have that happen. Uh, I have friends that they are like, well, I tried and I got sick. I'm like, and then what? What did you do after that? Well, then I freaked out because I got sick. Okay, well, instead of freaking out, relax, <laughs> chill, and take another hit and see what happens. That is where it pushes me over into a different zone, if you want to call it. It's I have to get past that area where I get sick. Interesting. And see, and I've never gotten sick. And then I discovered it because I was in such bad pain one night that I just, I just kept vaping and vaping Mm -hmm. and vaping and vaping and got sick. And then I had a whole new experience. Interesting. And then I said, hmm. So I tried it. Because I mean, I do that. It's like, okay, I know that it made me sick and this happened. So I'm going to smoke now until I get sick and see what happens. You just did a little experiment. <laughs> I do that all the time. And it works for me. Other people I know at Happy Experience, they don't have that. But So it depends on the person. You have to experiment and find out what works best for you. And if someone isn't a person that wants to inhale, like you don't want to smoke a bowl or smoke a vape, then for you, that would be the tincture or the sublingual because yes. an edible, it takes too long for you to it really, really does. know. And that kind of high, it always just sneaks up on me. You know, I think it's important to consume cannabis. So I have the cannabinoids internally besides just like smoking. So I have cannabis infused oil in my granola. And so mm-hmm. I have an edible every morning and inevitably it'll sneak up on me. I'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm high, you know, so <laughs> trying to time a meditation with an edible is futile. So, you know, if you're not it a is, smoker, you have to usually take it way ahead of time. I, I will use edibles if I'm going to be doing a longer meditation. I will take it like an hour or so beforehand. Because then it kind of helps boost you during the meditation when it does kick in. Yeah. I do like layering. Yes. I found that microdosing cannabis, you know, I do a 25, sometimes 30 minute bout of meditation every morning. And the microdosing piece, it helps me get into that space faster. Um, But if I have chose the wrong strain, 
and, you know, maybe I smoke a little more than a couple of puffs, I can get the racy heart and, you know, feeling like it's harder to breathe and that stuff can really throw off your meditation too. So, you know, I love labeling the strains that I have. Like, this is great for when I'm cooking. This is great for when Mm -hmm. I'm meditating. This is great for when I'm writing. And, you know, keeping those sorts of notes in your journal and having your optimum strains or your favorite so. tincture or oil or whatever that is, like find those little treasures and that becomes just as important as your set and setting. Yes. And if we could get it like legalized so that when strains aren't available in one place, you could just get them from a different state. That would be so awesome. Oh, I know. My favorites are for me for meditating, Northern Lights and um, Alien Rock Candy. I have not seen them in my dispensaries for two years. Wow. Yeah. Do you grow it yourself or do you years. just go without right now? I just, I have different stuff I use and I grow other stuff, but I can't even find seeds for them around here. So those are my favorite strains and I have not been able to use them for a long, long time. And you do list in your book some of your favorite strains and a, a pretty long list of strains that uh, you, that you recommend but, you know, some of the things, and this is for the newbies, people are like, listen, this is super cool, sounds interesting, but, you know, I've never done this. The book that Carrie wrote, it goes through, like, if you're starting from scratch, here are some meditations. You can read some of these things, record them in your own voice behind some meditation music. And there's like a series of them based on what you're trying to accomplish. So it really is like a a 101 guide to meditation. Take your spiritual practice to a higher level with Carrie Connor. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that I didn't ask you that's important to round out the cannabis-infused meditation? Um, Just do it and have fun. (laughs) You know? I I am surprised at how much it has changed my life. You know what? I know it's not for everybody. I completely understand it's not for everybody, but you're never going to know if it's for you if you don't actually do it. Yeah. And it's very hard to say, oh, I've tried to meditate and it doesn't work if you haven't really put in more of an effort. It's a skill. It's a practice. And we don't know when we first start doing something, we never do it perfect. Yeah. You don't sit down at the piano and, and play Mozart your first time. So it, it takes a while to do it. You can't do it just a couple of times and say, well, it didn't work. No, you got to really make a commitment to doing it. And it's really making a commitment to yourself because this is something that's going to better you. And I will say that if you ask any productive, successful entrepreneur, CEO, you know, high-ranking salesperson, Those people meditate. I guarantee you they meditate. Yes. There's a whole lot more people that are learning that it it is. I think that was one of the benefits too, honestly, of when we had the pandemic. I think more people started meditating. I really do. Book sales for them went up. (laughs) Yeah. I've heard that from many people. I used to work in bookstores, so I still have a lot of bookstore connections. And people seem to know during the pandemic, it was a good time for people to start doing it. Because we kind of started focusing on entertaining ourselves a little bit more. When you start focusing on taking care of those things yourself, you want to better yourself too. Absolutely. And this overstimulation age where, 
you know, if you're trapped at home and your multitasking includes playing video games, watching television, scrolling through social media, that makes me sick just thinking about it. You have to get to the point where you're like, I got to stop and entertain myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes. this is, it's <laughs> it's gluttonous the amount of media that people consume. It's kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> you wouldn't have thought the world was going to turn out like this 30 years ago. No. When cell phones were first coming out, did we ever think? <laughs> I didn't, I mean, I didn't have one of those brick phones till I was a sophomore, junior in college. Like that's when that stuff started coming out. I learned a T9 tech like a motherfucker. My, my neighbor had a bag phone in the 80s. Oh my God. My parents had one. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Strap that thing on walking through the mall. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty bad. But I challenge everybody to reclaim your sovereignty. And if something's going on, if your body hurts, like, you know, my friend Seth Walker, he's in California right now, went to his show last night. He sings High Time, my casually baked theme song. And he was talking about his shoulder is killing him and, you know, his wrist. And he's been a musician his whole life. And it's just really chronic. And he's been using MJ Relief and it's helping. But he was like, I feel like I may have to get a cortisone shot or something. And I'm like, okay, pause. Before you do that stuff, I challenge you to start consuming CBD oil, go to acupuncture, start meditating religiously in the morning, and like give your own body a chance Before you let people start poking you, jabbing you, putting you under for surgery, giving you pills, just try it. What do you have to lose? I can't tell you how many cortisone injections I have had. Seriously, because it's probably been over 30. Because I've had my shoulders have been done. My hips have both been done several times. And oh, that is not fun at all. Um, I've had several in my back in different places. I have probably had 30 cortisone injections. I have not had one in a decade and I will never have one again. They can't do that to me again. No. Well, and amen. if you truly believe that you have the power to control your own reality, that your thoughts become mm-hmm. things. I mean, the law of attraction is as real as the law of gravity and that we are conscious creators it makes perfect sense to try moving your own energy, being mm-hmm. alone with your own thoughts, opening yourself up to a higher presence, and allowing plant medicine to be your guide. Just try it. You can call me crazy later, or you can email me and say, oh my gosh, this was such an important conversation. Thank you for opening this door. And thank you to Carrie Connor for writing Wake, Bake, and Meditate. I just thank you for having me. Yeah, I I look forward to getting those messages from y'all. So thank you, everybody, for joining us for the podcast. If you would like to connect with Carrie, Carrie, tell us your social handle and the best way for people to reach out to you. I'm Carrie Connor, author on just about everything. You can search Facebook, uh, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, or you can go to my webpage. It's just CarrieConnor.com. Um, I do have all the links there. There's a link there to my uh, Etsy shop, which has the books, and we have T-shirts and water bottles 
that say wake, bake, and meditate and other cool fun stuff. Yeah, it's a good way to live. If you're ready to wake, bake, and meditate, head over to the Podcast 188 show notes at casuallybaked.com. You'll find helpful resources and a link to Carrie's book. Remember, in order to hone your meditation skills, you must commit to a daily practice. The rewards of quieting the noise and focusing the mind are priceless. I recently attended a webinar for female entrepreneurs about ditching the imposter syndrome. I learned that one in five entrepreneurs use vision boards, and 76% of entrepreneurs confirmed their business became what they envisioned. And I loved hearing this statistic. Professionals using meditation programs experienced a 520% profit increase. In just two weeks of daily meditation, you yourself can increase productivity over 100%. So stop focusing on the problems and what you don't want. Give your time, attention, and words to what you do want. And celebrate what's going right. Because your thoughts, my friend, really, really, really do become things. Start practicing the life of a conscious creator and joyfully adventure anywhere from here. If you're inspired by the podcast, please take a beat to rate and review Casually Baked on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Not only do I appreciate the feedback, but so do the canna curious folks searching for highly responsible cannabis content. You can show monetary support by becoming a podcast patron for just $5 a month. You'll receive an insider's look at my casually baked lifestyle, as well as discounts on merch, coaching, and events. You can also stay connected with me on social. I'm at Casually Baked on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Humans were never meant to go it alone. We're meant to walk this earth together and share what we know and learn with our tribe. So thanks for high vibing with me and for doing your part to Puff Puff Pass It On. Casually Baked the Podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has kind of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects network.